Welcome to the Transformed Teacher Podcast. I'm Meredith and I'm in your corner. This podcast is designed to help you transform from overwhelmed to overjoyed. If nobody else tells you today, you rock. Welcome to this episode of the Transform Teacher Podcast. I'm so thrilled to introduce you today, if you don't already know her, <laughs> to my friend Emily Eggers, who is the founder of Teaching from the Couch. Welcome, Emily. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to finally get this podcast episode <laughs> recorded with you because we've been talking about it for a while and we're finally making it happen. So a little bit about Emily. She is a full-time teacher and mom. And when she started teaching at a hybrid school in Minnesota, she says she thought to herself, no one taught me how to teach online. Well, here it is. Six years later, she's still working at that school and she can't even imagine working anywhere else. So she has taken her years of experience and turned it into so many different resources and systems for teachers to use to create digital classrooms that excite and engage their students and make teaching fun again. Welcome, Emily, again. So glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited to chat with you today. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about who you are as a teacher and who you help, the kinds of teachers that you typically serve. Absolutely. So I am a middle school language arts teacher at a hybrid school, like you said. And so I teach students in person for like three days a week and then two days they're completely online um, doing what we call asynchronous work, meaning not at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really enjoyable. And then when COVID hit, we moved to a more synchronous model for Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays where we were doing online Zoom meetings kind of thing, but then our Thursday, Friday was still the same as it was before um, because we'd already been doing it. And so it actually went really well for us, COVID. It was weirdly a good time. And like our attendance increased, our work completion increased. It was very strange how well it worked for us. So um, that was really fun. And that's kind of when I started moving into more of the business world and um, I, I really just want to help like secondary teachers. I feel like we don't always get the attention. Um, there's a lot of things out in the world for elementary school teachers and sometimes secondary teachers get a little bit left behind and forgotten. And I know that we as secondary teachers have so much that we're doing so many classes to prep for so many classes to grade all the things. Right. And so I just want to help make people's lives easier with technology and um, because I know it, it works because it worked for me. You know, I started, <laughs> and like you said, um, right out of college, I joined this hybrid school and it was my first teaching job. And I was like, nobody, nobody teaches this in teaching college, right? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I guess I'll figure it out. And so, you know, now it's like, I, this is my dream job. I, I don't want to teach fully in person. I can't imagine doing five days a week, fully in-person teaching, I would be, I commend you all for doing it because I don't want to. <laughs> so, I get it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's great. Um, yeah, it's funny how I, I currently teach at the Denver online school. And I thought that maybe the online school had come about because of COVID, but apparently, mm -hmm. no, they had been around for many years. And uh, after COVID hit, a lot of 
schools didn't know what to do, but the online schools were like, Hey, we've been doing this for years. So it sounds like you were at that kind of school. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also love teaching online. I mean, it, there's a lot of things that I miss about the in-person environment, but, um, it's kind of a new adventure. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and I, and I totally get that when we were fully online last year, there was a big piece missing and yeah. you know, it's nice to be back in person this year and have that face-to-face. So I totally get it. Yeah. So what I'd love to know next is, you know, as an online teacher, these are some of the challenges that I deal with, and I know that I'm not alone. So whether you're teaching online or not, you might find yourself in that place because the new strains of COVID are hitting like every week. It feels like, like there's just something, something changing that's uncertain. So, um, if you ever find yourself online teaching and you are like me and you struggle with students who don't want to turn their cameras on. And our school has a pretty solid policy that we can't force them. We can't, you know, punish them. And, but I always do love it. I offer extra credit and that gets me far, but do you have any other strategies for engaging students online? What are some of your top secrets? <laughs> so one of the things that um, works really well, I noticed last year when we were doing like the zoom thing, um, is I, I always started my class, like I started the, the Zoom like five minutes early and would just hang out and chat with students, whether their camera was on or not. Like we would just talk. And sometimes it would be the weirdest thing. Like randomly one day we started talking about my, about air plants because I kill everything that's not an air plant. And so then I like jumped up and because I was working from home, um, and teaching from my couch, I could jump up and show them my air plants. So I was like, this is an air plant. It has a root system, but it doesn't need dirt. And so like we had this whole thing before class started about it. And it was, it sounds really silly, but it's like, they were seeing my world. They were getting to know me. We were building those relationships and just like having goofy fun time. And so like, there was a time I asked them to explain Fortnite to me because I still don't understand Fortnite. And like, what do the dances have to do with any of this? I don't get it, but you know, maybe someday I'll understand. <laughs> so that's, yeah, I, totally that's understand. I, I totally get how you feel. <laughs> But that's one way I do it. And I always start class, um, like the synchronous Zoom classes, I always start those three minutes late on purpose, just so that like students who had to run to the bathroom or grab a snack, have time to jump in. Um, the other, the funniest thing is I am a big advocate for we don't need cameras on. And there's, there's so many reasons why a student might have their camera off that have nothing to do with our school, our class, our content, or us at all, right? They might not um, feel comfortable showing people where they live. They might not like the environment in which they live and they don't want people to see that. They, you know, like they might feel a little bit of shame around it for some reason or whatever, right? And, or maybe there's people in their house that they don't want us to see and that's fine. Or whatever it is right mm -hmm. um or maybe that like they don't want us to see that they're at the public library or you know things that that really have nothing to do with us but by having their camera off their comfort level increases mm -hmm. and that to me is the most important thing is if you are not comfortable in my classroom you're not going to learn anything mm -hmm. right right so so if they need to have their camera off that's fine so i try to do other things to engage the students by 
um, using the reactions. My kids love that. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. They love the reactions. And so I'll be like, okay, throw up a heart emoji. If you are totally understanding it, throw up a, you know, like a crying emoji. If you need help, you know, throw up an emoji that shows me how you're feeling about the content. Mm -hmm. And so it's really funny because some of them get super creative and like go in there and find like the most obscure, random, like chicken emoji. And like, <laughs> it's like, okay, I don't know what that means, but okay, cool. I'm glad you're feeling that way. Um, I also really like to use the chat as like a, tell me in the chat about blah, 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 or write your questions in the chat as we go. Or I ask them a question about, you know, give me an example of symbolism and write it in the chat. And then they can all see each other's answers and stuff too. So it's a little bit of that like learning from each other and that kind of thing. And I really like thinking about engagement in different ways than just like being able to visually see them because it, it's not hundred percent necessary <laughs> in my opinion, but that's just like, I'm very passionate about that. I have a lot of students who are homeless or have, you know, tons of different um, negative sort of things happening at home. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to push them into a place where they're not comfortable. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's a great way to look at it. That helps me a lot. Thank you. Um, and I, I feel the same way, like equity and all of that is incredibly important to me. It's like a big value of mine. And um, the way that you just helped me remember that, hey, there are a bunch of reasons that have nothing to do with how much they care about my class or anything like that. So mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with how they value education either. Right. Like a lot of us assume, oh, they don't care. They're probably doing something else. They're probably in who knows, they might be doing something else, but it might be I'm babysitting my sister because I have to because mom has to work or, you know, what I mean, like things that things that are really legitimate things, but it doesn't mean they don't care. So, yeah. 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 So as an online teacher, I sometimes feel like I'm drinking out of a fire hydrant with all of the stuff like um, all of the grading and all of the data yeah, and that's all a that. really good metaphor yeah and and like it's just um and especially like with the cameras on I don't always see I don't know what they look like and so I've always been a teacher who I I, I remember my students like years after like yeah. um I don't know why I just have that memory thing going on that's one of my strengths when I don't have other strengths but um <laughs> and I can't remember you know like if I'm it's hard because I don't know their personalities as well. Mm -hmm. So what would you suggest when it comes to getting organized? And even if you can't see your students all the time, it's not the same as the in-person mm -hmm. vibe that you can pick up on. How do you get organized when it's all on the computer? What are some of your top tips for that? Oh my gosh, I have so many. Mm -hmm. um, and so like the... The first thing I want to hone in on is yes, you, it's really hard to get to know your students when they're online. Mm -hmm. Um, we at my school also have a fully online program mm -hmm. and with that program and the one where they come in person three days a week, mm -hmm. I have 11 preps. So I totally understand the whole drinking from a firehouse. It's mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what I like to do is I actually like keep track of things that 
apply to students. So I had a student, um, we were doing like an informational essay. He's a fully online student. I've never seen his face, Mm -hmm. but he wrote his informational essay about Panic at the Disco, which is a band. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love them too. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I read it, I emailed him and I go, oh my gosh, I love these guys. Did you see their new album? What do you think? You know, like all of this stuff and started talking to him about it. But I also like keep track of, oh, that's the Panic at the Disco kid. And like, I'll write notes on like my student roster and just be like, okay, Panic at the Disco, you know, likes chocolate ice cream, has a horse, you know, has, has three goldfish, you know, lives with stepmom or, you know, like just things mm-hmm. that could be helpful to know who they are ever and could inform something about something, right? Yeah. Anything that I can glean from what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in English class, I think it's easier. Maybe English and history have the benefit of more of that free expression and that, you know, personality embedded in what we do. Yeah. Whereas like math, you may not get as much of that, but you could like, you could make an assignment that yeah. is all, yeah. tell me about who you are. Yeah. Um, I also, I also email them at the beginning of the school year or whenever they join, because mm-hmm. we have a lot of students who join like mid year, mid quarter mm-hmm. and just say, hi, welcome, you know, all that jazz. And then I say, reply back, you know, I, w- I would love to see a picture of you since you're not going to be coming in and a picture of something that you love. Mm-hmm. Usually it's something like that picture of you and something you love. Mm-hmm. And so I'll get pictures of students with their dogs or students with pictures, like students with their books, their favorite books or with their parents or with their siblings and things. Mm-hmm. And so I try to use that to help me remember them. Cause yeah, it can all start to blend together mm-hmm. when you have that many online students. You're like, wait, which which Ivan's that and what yes. grade are they? You know, it's like, I, some yeah. of them I'm like, I don't remember what grade you're in. That's not <laughs> like, yeah. it all blends together. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, okay. So organizational wise though, email organization is my favorite and I make, I try to make everything email. Mm-hmm. So if I make an assignment in like Flipgrid, I turn on the email notifications and it, it's obnoxious, but it emails me every single time Mm-hmm. a student does a Flipgrid video. Mm-hmm. And so the day that it's due is really annoying because I have like 30, mm-hmm. but anytime a student does one late mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. or does it early, it emails me. And then I throw those into a folder and I set aside some time to like batch grade. Mm-hmm. And I just go through and I grade all the things at once. Mm-hmm. And so that's like my favorite way to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I'm an email junkie, it works for me, but, um, yeah, I try to make everything email me. Cool. Yeah. And then, um, I, we are a Google school. So Google drive has lots of cool new features that like, I mean, one of the old ones is the starred mm-hmm. things where you can star certain, um, documents mm-hmm. that you use a lot, mm-hmm. but it also has now like this, like priority desktop thing. Cool. Um, where you can like create little workspaces mm-hmm. of documents that you use for certain things regularly. So like I have all of my um, student planners in there that we fill out each week with the work they have to do. Okay. And so that I can always easily access those. And then I have another one for like my science fair curriculum. Mm-hmm. Right. And so Organizing your Google Drive in a way that makes sense for you is really important. And then using the tools that are available, like the priority or the starred mm-hmm. to keep track of those very important documents is oh. like how I keep it all 
together. Awesome. I love that. I think um, it can be a challenge to make it a priority to get organized, but when you do, the benefits really pay off. So that's great. Um, I, I got this really good advice from a good friend of mine where she said, create the system first mm-hmm. before you start moving anything. Mm. So a lot of people get stuck in like, oh, I'm going to go through this folder and move it to where it should go. Mm-hmm. When really we need to like create the folder system first. Mm-hmm. So I, mine is sorted by grade level because I teach four different grade levels. So it's like grade level mm-hmm. within there, it's sorted by year within there, it's sorted by unit and within there it's sorted by lesson. Cool. And so like, it's this big stack, but like if I create all those folders first, mm-hmm. then when I'm moving stuff, it has a place to go to Yeah. rather than looking at something going, oh, I need to create a folder for that, create the folder. Oh, I need to create a folder for that, create a folder. Oh, that should be with those things, but those should be, you know, like create the system first. <laughs> yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. That's like that my favorite organizational advice. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are some of the resources that you have to share with teachers? They can go to their, they go to your website. What are some of the things that they will be able to access? I know your swipe files is one. Yes. Um, so I have my else? email swipe files and those are basically just like literally real emails that I have sent to parents or that I use as my own templates mm-hmm. um, on a regular basis. And it's just like a template for everything, which I love. Cool. Um, I also have my um, 10 apps for teachers who are broke as a joke because we all need more free stuff. Like no teacher needs to be paying for anything. Right. Uh, <laughs> but these, this is my 10 favorite apps um, that, that I use in the classroom like on a regular basis. And so some of them are um, ones that people are probably using or have heard of like Flipgrid. Um, Google and things like that. But some of them are things that aren't made for teachers. Like Airtable is made for businesses, but yeah. I use it for teaching all the time. Really? And it's, it's, yeah, it's super awesome. Hmm. Um, there's actually like the whole, the whole um, thing is set up in Airtable. Mm-hmm. So you'll get to like experience it if you go and download that from the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's just really cool. Like I, I love how you can filter and sort and move things around differently in Airtable than you can with other things. Yeah. I use Airtable for the transform teacher, but I didn't think about using it for classes. That's really cool. Yeah. I, my favorite thing that I use it for is my students' um, email addresses and their parents' email addresses. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I have it sorted. So it's like a student name and then all of the emails associated with them. So it should be like, their email, their parents' email, their guardian's email, their case manager's email, mm-hmm. you know, anybody who would need to know anything about the student ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I can like click and drag and just highlight and copy and paste. And it, it just makes my life a breeze. I love it. So nice. that's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, any, any last parting words that you want to leave our teachers with today, if they are struggling with online or hybrid teaching, what I would say? I, my, my biggest um, thing for teachers right now is like, let go a little bit of the control and Mm. let students do cool things because Mm. technology has made it so that students can do 
really cool things. They can make posters and infographics and comic strips and movies and podcasts and whatever, YouTube videos, you know, they can do so many different cool things with the technology that we have, especially when they're in an online classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, that rather than saying you have to write an essay or you have to do a presentation, just let them pick because some of them like to talk and some of them like to write and some of them like to do it in pictures and just let them choose. And Mm -hmm. as long as they are showing that they know the content, Mm -hmm. how they show it, like the vessel that it's in, Mm -hmm. that usually doesn't matter much. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for this reminder today. Let let go of the control and let students do cool things. I'm, that's a mic drop moment. Right. <laughs> I, <love that. laughs> yeah. I just like, I have a lot of students that are very, um, that are in the different modalities and they're very yeah. creative. And there was something we were doing with um, overpopulation. And I had a student make a overpopulation board game Mm-hmm. And it was hysterical because it was like, you now have 27 babies. Oh, <laughs> oh, gosh. So it was hilarious oh, and gosh. it was really cool. It's wonderful. You're an amazing teacher. I know this firsthand and well, I'm glad that you were with us today. Thanks for sharing yeah. all your wisdom and experience. You yeah, can- it's always so good to talk to you, Meredith. Too. I love it. You can find Emily at teachingfromthecouch.com. She has a podcast. And you can also catch up with her on Instagram at teaching from the couch. Thanks again for being with us, Emily. And uh, if nobody else tells you today, you rock. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the transformed teacher podcast. If you're ready to thrive with less stress and more joy, I've got a lot more resources for you over at my website, thetransformedteacher.com, where you can grab your free digital copy of my latest book, Freed to Teach, Seven Keys to Thrive in an Era of Uncertainty. It was a number one new release in education problem solving, and it's been called a must read for any educator. If you're ready to experience a better way to teach and live, then let the tools in this book help support you. You'll find out exactly how to go from overwhelmed to organized, from frazzled to focused, from burned out to balanced, from stressed to streamlined, from exhausted to energized, from purposeless to passionate, from chaotic to calm and confident. So when you infuse your life with the secrets you'll learn in this book, everything changes. You're a teacher for a reason. There's a different and better way. Now's your time to become free to teach. So head on over to the transformedteacher.com to get your free e-copy. If nobody else tells you today, you rock.